Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. Well, I think a lot of times what we tolerate today would never have been tolerated years ago. But because we're being conditioned by it, it's having its effect. Well, friends, let me tell you, Jesus is saying here, be careful what you hear. Because what you hear has an effect on you, and just as seed goes in the ground and begins to grow, and the farmer just goes about his daily task, but meanwhile that seed's growing, so when you sow the Word of God into your soul, that begins to have its effect, and it will change the way you look at life. It'll change the way you look at yourself, it'll change the way you look at others, and it'll change your concept of who God is. You know, a lot of times people have these concepts of God, friends, that are really strange. You know, that he's a big, out, unknowable force out there. Or he's like an old man with a long, flowing beard, with, you know, reaching out across the Sistine Chapel, touching men's fingers, with a pair of rose-colored sunglasses. You know, people have goofy concepts of God. But you know, when you get back to what the Bible says, you find that, first of all, God loves you. And God understands what you're going through, insomuch the Bible says that he sent his only son that you would believe in Him, that you would not perish, but you'd have everlasting life. Now, all of Old Testament, all of man, wanted to know, what is God like? What's God really like? What if God was one of us? Okay. Well, the thing is, He did. And He became one of us. And you know, as He lived a sinless life, the result of that was that He was crucified, friends. But Jesus, that's the reason He came, was to die for us in our place. Again, so that we would be found in Him. We'd have eternal life. So again, understanding what you hear, and just as you read things sometimes, you say, well, I went to church, and they, that, that guy up there read the Bible, but I really didn't completely understand everything. Well, listen, it'll have its effect in your heart. It'll begin to grow. You know, your subconscious is a funny thing. Isn't your subconscious? Anybody here have one of those? You know, have you, ever, have you ever had an issue? Guys are like this probably more than girls, but girls are like this too. You know, you'll have something that you're trying to figure out. Like you're trying to build something and you don't know how to do it. And so you kind of, you kind of just kind of think about it for a little bit and then you go off and you go do something else. And then meanwhile, your subconscious is still working on that problem. Even though you're water skiing or maybe you're at work doing something else. And meanwhile, your subconscious, and all of a sudden you go, I know how to do that. Anybody, does that relate with anybody here? Or just me. Yeah, our brains don't shut off. It's an incredible thing. And, and all of a sudden you realize that. Friends, that's your subconscious working. I think your subconscious works on things concerning the Spirit of God. And those things that oftentimes, well, I went to church and we sang some songs and I read the Bible and and I left. But you know what? There's seed that was sown there that grows and takes hold in your heart to keep you from allowing your life to get ripped off. Verse 30, let's go to it. He said to them, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we paint a picture of it? It's like a mustard seed, which, when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs 
It shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may lodge in its uh, shade or, or lodge in its, uh, they may nest in its, in its branches and in its shade. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Now, again, friends, the reason why Jesus did this was because to take something super spiritual that God is into and to put it into a picture that we understand as human mortals, friends, that's why Jesus spoke to them in parables, so that they would understand a spiritual principle in something simple. Now, sometimes moms and dads, I know when you talk to your kids, you give your kids parables. Now, honey... We can't eat hot fudge sundaes morning, noon, and night because if you if we do, you'll look like a hot fudge sundae. And the little kid goes, okay. You know, they, they understand that. You know. Now, will they really look like a hot fudge sundae? No, they may feel like one, but they won't look like one, okay? But the thing is, we take a simple principle and we put it in something that they can understand. Well, again, Jesus is saying here, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, is like a mustard seed. Now, a mustard seed, just to let you know, in Israel. Now, we have the mustard tree here in America, North America. That's not what it's speaking of. A mustard plant in Israel looks like an Idaho sagebrush. That's kind of what it looks like. And so it says it's one of the smallest seeds, but when it grows, it grows into a tree and becomes abnormally large. So first of all, you have abnormal growth concerning the mustard seed. But then Jesus said something interesting. He says, then the birds come and lodge in its branches and make nests there. Now, friends, what that's speaking of is this. The kingdom of God is a powerful thing. We just got done reading about whoever has more will be given to and begins to grow. And, and God's family begins to grow. But you know what? There is The Bible, that's why it says in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, talks about some people that were doing some really evil things. They were really mean. And they weren't trying to repent from their sins. They were, sin, they, they were sinful and they were flaunting their sin in the church. And it was so bad that Paul says, listen, you need to remove these people and turn them over to the devil and don't sit there and, and tolerate them in the name of love because of their, of their full-blown, open, deliberate wickedness. Now, friends, there's not a person in this room or watching today that, that, that in one way or another, we can say we haven't got something going on in our life. Every one of us do. But, you know, we ask God to help us and deal with that and change our heart and those kinds of things. That's what God wants from us in our lives. But this guy, I, 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 what he was doing, he was sleeping with his mother. And, and, and this is in Corinthians 5. See, see the Bible is X-rated. Some of you didn't know that. And, and, and so anyway, Paul says, listen, you shouldn't be tolerating this. Now, it's hard to say what was going on. But it's probably a stepmom. They were coming to church and probably there in the chairs or under the tree or whatever. He probably has his arm around her. And this is during a church service. And he's sitting there smooching with his mother. And Paul says, listen. He goes, now, it's one thing to have issues in your life and have God work on them, but to be openly flamboyant about your sin, he goes, don't tolerate that. Turn, turn them over to the enemy. Well, when you move outside of the family of God, friends, there's a lot of wolves out there. A lot of lies and a lot of things that are really bad. And, and, and you know, the Bible talks about there's protection in numbers. In fact, Proverbs says that the reason why a neighbor lives close to you is for protection. A lot of times we see that. Especially, I'm going to move out and get my 40 acres, and I got my house right in the middle, and then pretty soon people start moving in around. What are you all doing? I came from L.A., and that's what I tried to get away from. The, the Bible says the reason they live close to you is for protection. You know, they can watch your stuff. 
You know, that's kind of the idea. Well, there's protection with other people, and there's protection in the body of Christ. Because there's the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and all the different works of the Spirit that, that keep the church going the way it's supposed to be going in the right direction it's supposed to be going. And, and to fill the church with love and to remind you, you need to be loving. And the thing is, Paul says, listen, if this person doesn't want to enjoy the blessings and the protection of God because he wants to be openly braggocious about his sin, that's a micism, but anyway, put him out of the church. Because... Then Satan can, can deal with this guy. He'll, he'll get him. Because the devil loves to devour people, man. Anybody here is not a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, sometimes I've asked people, I said, do you want to accept Christ? They go, I don't know. I go, do you want another 10 years like you just had? No, I want to accept Christ. Well, we know what the devil can do to beat people up. And, and so anyway, he says, put him out. Well, inter- interestingly enough, 2 Corinthians talks about this fella and that he repented and he came back into church and he was blessed and loved by everybody. And that's a great thing. But what we're finding here this, about this abnormally large growing mustard tree is the birds came and lodged in its branches. Friends, because the church is, is, is a protection place, there are people who take advantage of groups of people. Now, we don't want to think that, but, but, it, but it happens. I, I mean, I, I've, you know, I mean, even in our church, so far this year, I've had people steal from me and all kinds of stuff. People you try to help. Those are them birds in the branches. First of all, mustard seeds are supposed to be the size of sagebrushes. So when it grows real big, that's abnormally large growth. And when it gets real big, birds come and lodge in the branches and make their nest there. Now, birds in the Bible, interestingly enough, not this bird, but oftentimes... Birds are in the Bible are a negative thing. You know, remember as we studied a couple of weeks ago, Sora went out to sow a seed. He sowed some, and the birds came and ate it. And remember the the dream Pharaoh or Joseph had when he was in prison. The the butler and the baker came to him. The butler and baker had dreams, and and he interpreted them. And we remember the baker started talking about birds, and he goes, "Ooh, you're done. That's the end of you." Uh, and, and we understand that. Now, sometimes in the bird, in the Bible, birds are good. And we, we remember that, uh, you know, we remember the, the dove that descended upon Jesus. In fact, a lady one time, she came in our church and she goes, How come your dove is going the wrong way? And she was a minister. <laughs> and I, I said, well, I said, and I, I wasn't being mean. I just said, well, you know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove. Oh. That's okay. But you, we understand that, you know what? Things come and lodge in the branches. Now, they're not there to benefit the tree. They're there because of what the tree can do for them. Now, I'd like to believe everybody that comes to church has the right motive, and that's to worship God and love one another and protect one another. But some people see you as potential clients for their new fledgling business. So it just happens. Now, if that happens, don't throw everybody out because, you know, well, I went to Calvary Chapel and then this guy come up to me at the donut table and then he wanted to draw circles and do a multi-marketing thing and everything like that. And I don't, listen, that's going to happen. Those are things that happen. That doesn't mean everybody is. And by the way, if you've got a business, hey, we want to do our best to support your business. I'm all for that, by the way. In fact, I heard somebody today, uh, we got one of the brothers in our church does siding, and, and uh, we needed some siding done. And Are you still doing siding? Yeah, okay, let me have your card. <laughs> well, that's neat. 
I, I like that. That's a neat, that's a neat thing. But we're here because of Jesus. We're not here because of business. We're not here because it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a, a, a religious civitan group, you know, or something like that, you know. We're here because of the Lord. And, and again, but there are birds that come and lodge in the branches that are there, what the tree will do for them. There was an old saying, some of you heard it modified, but there was an old saying back in the 40s and the 50s. And it was this, ask not what your church can do for you, ask what you can do for your church. Hmm, I wonder where I heard that before. Anyway, that's where it came from. Uh, and, and again, the birds that come and lodge in the branches are those that are there to see what it will do for them. In other words, they enjoy the shade, they enjoy the, they enjoy the, the other around them. So anyway, just be aware of that. And again, um, if you got a business or whatever, I think that's great and let people know that that's not a problem. Uh, but again, there are people that sometimes want to take advantage of that. There's people that have different ideas that come in that aren't based upon the word of God. We had a guy years and years ago, uh, he was kind of a nice guy, but he came in and he was telling me about the Lord and things like that. And he wanted to start a little Bible study at his house. And so people were going over to his house and this one kid came up to me, and goes, man, I went to this Bible study and I, I, I threw up three demons. And I go, Whoa. now what is going on here? So I, I, and he goes, oh yeah, man, he sees them. He saw three of them sitting on the door sill. And I'm going, okay, we got a problem here. And, and friends, that happens. There, there are those. So again, balance everything from the word of God. You don't find anybody, you don't find Christians in the Bible that are demon possessed. Now we find they can be oppressed. And what I mean by that is bummed out or, or whatever. And you need prayer. And that's why we have prayer uh, on Sunday morning after service. And sometimes people are anointed with oil, depending on what the need is. Sometimes we just have a holy, holy huddle and, and pray for them to see what God will do. Sometimes we just thank the Lord for what he's done, but, but prayer changes things. And, and so that's okay. That's a, that's a good thing. That's what we want to do. Um, but when you don't find something in the Bible, you don't find Christians being demon possessed. And then somebody comes along and says that, well, that, that puts oppression on people. And again, that's what we're not for. So the birds can come and get in the branches when a church gets abnormally large. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, I, I, sometimes I wonder what large is. It can be 10 people or 20 people. You know, how many people did Jesus have in his circle? He had 12. And what one? One was a diva. One was a devil. Judas Iscariot. So, uh, you don't have to have very large numbers to find that becoming a reality. Well, Verse 35, we'll close with these last few thoughts. On the same day when it was evening, this was all in a day, friends. When it was evening had come, Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. Now, they had left the multitude, and they took him along in the boat as he, uh, 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 where he was. And so the other little boats were with him also. And a, a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, and so that, there, that, that they were filling they were getting ready to sink. But he was uh, in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are dying? <laughs> oh, boy. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And when they had feared exceedingly, they said to one another, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? You know, friends, I look at this story interesting. This was all in a day. 
Uh, Jesus says, let's go over to the other side of the lake. They get in the boat. As they're on the boat, with the other little boat with them, they were crossing over, big storm comes up. And as this big storm comes up, they woke Jesus up and they said, if you have the old King James, I like that. It says, alas, master, we perish. You know, we're dying. Do you care? Um, and I always thought that was nice of them to wake up Jesus so he could witness his own watery death. I always thought that was kind of interesting there. But they woke Jesus up and said, oh, by the way, we're dying. Now, I, I want to tell you something here. First of all, I look at this day. It says on the same day. That's very important because, friends, again, don't ever read the Bible casually because, uh, you know, there's some people that say when we get to heaven someday, even the spaces between the letters will mean something. Jesus, on the same day that he did all this, crosses over the other side of the lake. It says he was fast asleep on a boat that was sinking. Now, think about that for a minute. That in itself is a miracle. But friends, I want to tell you something. It is possible to sleep like that if you're physically exhausted. Now, I've seen sometimes in in my life where I have been physically exhausted. I know that you have. You say, well, Mike, what do you mean? Well, you have your new baby. And you stay up all night just staring at it because it's so neat. Wow, look at that. Look at the little fingers and all that kind of stuff. Okay, baby, go to sleep. I'm going to go to sleep. And then about 2 in the morning, oh, oh, wow, And you get up, oh, don't cry. And, 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 so, and so you put it back down and it sleeps for a, a wonderful 10 minutes. And then it wakes up, oh, wow, oh, And you're going, oh, no, yeah. And so, and meanwhile, 8 o'clock, when you have to be at work, is getting closer and closer. Well, you can do that for a night or two or three. But after about a half a week's worth of no sleep, you find that you can sleep while standing. You find you can sleep anywhere. And I believe that Jesus, because he was so physically exhausted from giving to people like you and me, that he was able to sleep on a boat getting ready to sink. And they woke Jesus up. And they said, alas, master, we perish. Don't you care? Well, of course Jesus cared. What did Jesus say? Let's cross over to the other side. Verse 35. Now, do you think that the devil was going to try to stop them from crossing over to the other side? Absolutely. We remember when Jesus got over to the other side, what did he find? I don't want to get into next Sunday morning, but what did he find? He found a demon-possessed man who could break chains with his supernatural strength. And basically, he lived in the cemeteries. That's how crazy this guy was. And the devil did not want this man to be free from the demons. So he sent a storm to try to spook the disciples from doing what Jesus said they were going to do. Jesus said, where's your faith? Now, friends, again, when God has said, you're going to make it, you're going to cross the finish line. You're not just going to get there, but you're going to cross the finish line with honors. Friends, I want you to know that God means what he says. He's not forgotten you. He's going to see you through. And the Bible says he's faithful. Now, we have to take him at his word. There's always going to be something that tries to stop the work of God in your life. Friends, I don't know what it is. And it seems to be tailor-made for every one of us in this room, every one of us listening. It's different. Oh, we might find sometimes similarities. But you know what? The devil tailor-makes that thing to trip you up. And I just want to encourage you. Jesus said you're going to make it. Greater is he that's in you, Jesus said, than he that's in the world. And I want you to know, 
that God has got a way to see you through it. Now, you may not understand. All you might be looking at right now is the storm and the seas and all those things. But you know, as you listen to God's Word, and that Word begins to grow in your heart, and that Word takes care of you and gives you faith and strengthens you, you're going to make it through, and you're going to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. Don't give up. God's called you to cross the finish line. And you know, friends, I'll tell you something. Sometimes we don't feel like we're going to make it. You know, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. Because, you know, sometimes we think, well, you know, if I've been a Christian for another, if I'm just a Christian for another five, ten years, then I won't need anybody else. I'll be a spiritual Winnebago. Yeah, that's it. I'll go anywhere I want to go. I don't have to stop for anything. I'll even get a white poodle dog. You know, I don't have to have anything. I am self-contained Christian. God never designed you to be an independent. Jesus said, you're my family. So remember that there is that interdependency that we have upon Christ in everything that we do. And God has that family around you to help you, to pray for you, to support you. You say, but Mike, I've been burned by people in church. Friends, we all have. Because people are fallible. Jesus could have looked, you know, by the way, Jesus, we remember Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus. Jesus is then carried away into, into, uh, the, by the Romans into the courtyard where he was interrogated. And we find one by one, all the disciples left Jesus. But you know what? Jesus didn't stop loving people and he didn't stop loving his disciples in spite of what they did to him. So what I'm saying is this. Love with God's supernatural love. Forgive those who have wronged you and you will be blessed and you'll be healed. Be mindful of what you listen to. Many things will encourage your faith and they'll grow. And even though you may not understand it, it will begin to grow in your heart and give you faith. There are things also you need to be mindful of that can hurt your soul and hurt the way you look at life. And as we look at this today, that God has a way of bringing about his purposes in spite of the storms of life to have you do what God wants you to do. This morning, if you're distant from God, you, you, you're, you, 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 you know that there's God He's, you feel that you've done things that, that, he, that you, there's, just an, there's just a separation between you and him. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That's where we say, okay, Lord, Jesus died for my sins. I'm taking, that, I'm taking that free ticket right now. Apply it to my life. I want to be forgiven. And the Bible says if you'll ask God to forgive you in Jesus' name, he will. Now, it isn't something that you earn. It's something you receive Immediately, It doesn't cost anything, yet it costs you everything. In that, when we accept Christ as our Savior, I'm saying, okay, God, now I'm yours. And we repent from a lot of goofy stuff, don't we? You know, we all try to make ourselves established. You think about the things we did before we came to Christ to make ourselves something. To make a name for ourselves or, or different things that we will do. This is what I am. This makes me who I am. Well, friends, listen. Jesus now is who makes you what you are. And let him open and close the doors according to his will. You pray. You say, okay, Lord, open the doors for me each day. Close the doors that you don't want me to go through. And start living your life for God and let him bless you and heal you. The Bible says that we repent from the old ways. We accept him and what Jesus has done for us. The Bible says old things pass away. All things become new. So let God bless you and heal you and restore you. The Bible says that he will. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray. And you can pray and ask the Lord to come in your life right now. And this is, just an inner, this is just a way of meeting Jesus. And then after that, you tell the Lord whatever is on your heart. And the Bible says He listens.
and he'll heal you and restore you. So let's pray, and you can accept Christ right now. You just repeat this. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you to come into my life today. I admit, God, that I'm a sinner. And I've offended you, and I ask you to forgive me. From this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me and has forgiven my sins. So fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Give me the power from you to live for you each day. And thank you for eternal life. That I don't have to be scared about dying ever again. But now I can live with you for eternity in Jesus' name. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226 and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time for more It's Time. It's Time.